Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the goings-on of the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. Once again, I am your host, manager of Vice President Alvin Kamara, uh, Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara Harris, rather, uh, Daniel Kites, here with us on a on a monumental w- podcast this week. It is it's Thursday. I've got the game on in the background right now, just kind of watching it on mute. There's a lot of firsts happening today. But before we get to all that, let's quickly recap Week 12's action, because I know this is the favorite part of the podcast for all of you, just to go through it quickly. So let's start at the bottom of my screen here. Spitting Llamas coming up with a big win over Team Tony, 114-71. to this is that was Mikey's Super Bowl right there. That's it. That's a big one for Mikey. We then move on. We had Agent of Chaos knocking off Obi John Kenobi, one twenty-two to ninety-five. We had Show Me the Mooney, highest scorer of the week, one twenty-nine, knocking off the top dog, Paul's second worst drafted team, one twenty-nine to ninety-one. We had Kimbert, Bag of Mixon knocking off Danny. Putting those playoff dreams maybe at risk a little bit. 101 to 84. We had anal beers and kittles. I'm not even going to try and say it correctly anymore. I'm going to just keep saying it this way until Taras changes his team name. Uh, we had anal beer and kittles knocking off DeAndre the Giant. And another big loss for Steve there. 95 to 84. And then rounding out the week. Uh, a tidy win for Vice President Kamara Harris over Hop Psy. 109 to 63 but folks i i don't want to beat around the bush anymore i don't want to bury the lead here uh, we're all excited for one thing to this weekend and one thing only it's happening we have him on the pod here without any further ado let's introduce him we've got show me the mooney manager andre sadiq on the line andre how are you doing i'm doing fantastic you know uh even though it's uh, been rumored that I've never listened to this, I'm like a binge guy. So I wait for it all to be concluded. And then at some point during the, the end of the season, I put it on and I listen to it all. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. So you, like, you're just sitting in the squad car every now and then. And then just like while you're waiting for traffic tickets, you're just like reliving the fantasy football season. That's kind of fun. I like that. There you go. That's it. That's it. So I kind of have an idea of what's been happening on the podcast. You know, all the hate coming my way, but it's all good. <laughs> really? I have, has there been hate coming your way on this podcast? I can't recall if that's ever happened. I, no, I, I, no. I mean, I thought we've always been very fair and measured towards you and definitely never talk shit about you relentlessly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I honestly kind of like that idea of, like, re-listening to all the podcasts after the season's over just to, like, relive what the, the fantasy season and the NFL season was like. That seems like a fun trip down memory lane. Yeah, you know, it's like a season or, like, a show airs, and then you end on a cliffhanger, and you want to know what happens next week. And I don't have to wait. I just watch, uh, listen to it all, you know? <laughs> See, and, and one of the things I'm really hoping to do this year, uh, and hopefully I won't be too butthurt and downtrodden to not do it, is actually have a post-championship podcast, because I don't think I've actually ever done that yet uh, with this one. Mm. So I'm hoping that I'll actually be able to pull that off this year, because uh, you know th- things with work have finally kind of calmed down a little bit, and they're not too crazy. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of really put a... Uh, 
a bow on this podcast season. And I mean, if Danny wants me to go, you know, weekly all year long, I don't know if I can make that happen, but I do want to at least bring some closure to the year. Yeah, I agree that year end podcast could be pretty good. Have the, uh, you know, the winner bracket and uh, maybe the, uh, the butthurt bowl winners there as well. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. And then we could, I know we had talked also about doing like who was going to be keepers and stuff like that. So that could be fun on that too. All right. We're getting ideas. I like it. You're going to have to come back on, Andre. Now that you've made this commitment here, now that you've broken <laughs> your podcast virginity, we're going to keep coming back for you. That's it. That's it. And just got to say it. Hill making some plays out there. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm watching it right now. I'm like, okay, that's not too bad. That's a little spicy. Uh, he might come up a little bit later in the podcast here, but uh, you know, after after we I put the biweekly power rankings out, I always like to ask the guest if they, you know, how they feel about their spot in the power rankings. If they think anyone's too high or too low. So Andre, this week you were coming in at I believe number seven. I think it was. Uh, do you feel Do you feel like that's about accurate? Do you feel like you know too high or too low? What are you feeling on that one? It's. I think it's. I'm fine with it. I feel like. Kimbridge's team is probably uh, ahead of me with that uh, running back duo that he has. I don't know if you're doing it just based on the week or if you're doing it overall. Uh, a little bit overall and kind of looking forward for the rest of the season. Yeah. I still, I do still, I think your team still has more balance even after your abominable cowardly trade. Um, I still think <laughs> it has more, more balance than uh, Kimbridge's team does. Uh, yeah, you know, it just with Kimbridge, I feel like had his two receivers not fallen off, that could have been a very different looking team. Yeah, a lot of his year has really been based off those two. It's been it's been hard yeah. for him. Yeah, because when Williams and Moore were going, that was a dangerous team. And it's curious to think like if that might come back too. I mean, it's hard to imagine now. Like, granted, like Christian McCaffrey being gone. I, I mean, I guess we saw it, it. Kind of kind of correlated, I guess that. More struggles started up once McCaffrey kind of went out injured. So maybe we won't see more mm. bounce back. But I am curious to see if Mike Williams can kind of do something here. Because again, he's I'm I'm a big I'm a bit of a believer in like the contract year kind of thing. And I, I imagine he yeah. probably wants to try and finish the year strong because he's going into that free agent yeah. year. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something spicy out of Mike Williams. Yeah, the the Darnold start to the season I was really surprised about, and it seemed like he was just gonna carry through, but then when he dropped off, I was like, okay. I don't know if he's, uh, after a few weeks, I was like, I don't think he's coming back. I think this is uh, spells the end for Carolina. It was really fun for those few weeks when we all thought Sam Darnold yeah. might actually be an NFL quarterback. Because it was exactly. just, it felt fun to like be able to dunk on the Jets and dunk on Victor again for that. Oh, 100%. 100%. But now it's just like, oh yeah, he actually is still bad. Yeah, for a second there, I thought there was going to be the second coming of Ryan Tannehill, but... Uh, not not the case. That's actually a pretty good comparison. I I actually there might be a, a second life for uh for Sam Darnold out there as a Ryan Tannehill. Now you know you've sold me immediately. I'm going to be buying shares in Sam Darnold next year now because I think that's a strong comparison. <laughs> Sam Darnold is going to be my new Carson Wentz. <laughs> Coming back to uh, Williams, I just don't understand the drop off. Like he he's been pretty healthy this year and. I don't know. It, it's been a bit of a weird year for uh, Herbert there, I think. Yeah, I don't know if I haven't watched a ton of Chargers just because I mean, granted, I mean, 
I watch every team mainly just through red zone, but I, I, I feel like the Chargers haven't had many like primetime games, so I haven't really seen the way their games have worked. But it seems to me like, you know, he's the deep play threat. And it seems like with teams like uh, the Chargers and the Chiefs and the ones with like the big throwing quarterbacks that, you know, there's been something observed that there's a lot of like two high safeties being played against them all, which kind of limits those big plays and then kind of makes more underneath plays like for Keenan Allen and stuff. So I wonder if that might have something to do with it uh, in the Chargers. But uh, it's a it's a shame because Mike Williams is a fucking he's a ton of fun to actually watch when he's really good. Oh, 100%. I just think uh, his target share dropped off as well. I don't know if there was uh, maybe a bit of a shift after their uh, bye week and maybe a little bit more of the work went to Keenan Allen, making, you know, him being the alpha there. But Yeah, it's certainly a possibility. And I think Keenan Allen's target share has gone up considerably over the past few weeks. So there probably is a bit of that at play, which, uh, again, makes me, you know, that this is get looking too far ahead. But I am very intrigued uh, by next in next year's draft, looking at guys like Josh Palmer or uh, Jared Guyton out there who might fill into that RB, like no, no, the wide receiver two role rather, uh, to replace yeah. Mike Williams out there. I think that'll be really fun. Yeah, I'm curious uh, as to where Mike's going to go, though, because it seems like he has pretty high upside, but there's always been that question mark about health. But this year he's been relatively healthy, so... Yeah, anyone with a big arm, you got to think. Because, like, you know, I feel like Mike Williams isn't as useful with that with a quarterback that doesn't, like, have that ability to throw deep. So, you know, avoid the avoid the Lions, even though they desperately yeah. need a wide receiver. Uh, you know, just avoid any... Any with someone with a big arm, I think, would be helpful here. But yeah. enough about Kimbert's team. we got to talk about your team, bud. You, you know, we like to... St- I like to start off the podcast talking about the guests team here. So... You had a huge week this past week. You went off for the most points this week. Um, tell me about uh, your experience watching. Like, who was like a, a a big surprise for you? Like, what what was it about this week that uh, really made you pleased? I'm not gonna lie. It felt really good to beat Paul. <laughs> bring bring him down a little, you know. And uh, but in terms in terms of my team, um, Gibson was a bit of a surprise. I feel like. Uh, with his injury throughout the year, I, I liked him going into the season, but uh, just oh, watching I know you liked him going into the season. <laughs> Co- cost me a little bit of beer, but it is what it is. You got to play the game. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. Things just didn't work out in Washington this year. Their defense has stunk, and uh, their running game, you know, hasn't been as good as I thought. And Gibson hasn't been involved as much as I would like him to be. Um, I thought that uh, Rivera would kind of try to implement the same kind of role as he did for uh, McCaffrey in uh, Carolina, but that hasn't really lived up to it. Until this week, really. Well, yeah, exactly. He got the the receptions and minus the touchdowns. I do not understand why McKissick gets all the touchdowns. Still blows my mind. But but, uh, some of the other performances, uh, probably Van Jefferson, that was... uh, He's like a hit or miss, so and he hit this week, so it kind of worked out for me there. And Jefferson is spicy. I I like. I know we only caught three passes last week, but like the targets have been there. Like he's basically pacing, you know, OBJ out there now for like the wide receiver two in that Rams offense. And you know, if they keep keying in on Cooper Cup, like it's kind of it's fun to to have a lot of stock in that Rams uh, offense. 
I mean, I mean, you have a lot of stock in him right now. I mean, you've got the 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 quarterback and the top two wide receivers there. Like, uh, is that something that you feel confident with going into the playoffs? Are you even caring about the playoffs after that trade? Like, tell me, like, what's your outlook for the rest of the season? Like, how are you feeling about it? I mean, the uh, the plan was after that trade was to potentially secure, you know, decent keepers and uh, maybe get into a top four. Uh, draft scenario for next year however it looks like i'll be on the fringes of actually making the playoffs i didn't expect to beat paul but it happened and then it's going to be uh, another juicy matchup in the next next two weeks against dan and kimbert with both teams on the kind of fringes there so we'll see what happens yeah, I'm I'm not going to lie. There's a little bit of, I'm trying to like just look ahead cuz basically I feel like your season is going to go how the Rams season goes and like looking ahead, they got Seattle in the first round of the playoffs, which is a pretty weak defense at this point, which is kind of spicy. And then Minnesota and Baltimore, which are a little bit tougher. So like I I think you could have like a decent like first round uh playoffs there. So I I am kind of hoping that I get to avoid you in that sense because I don't <laughs> want to have to go up against the Rams uh, in that first round. But uh I think I I posted it in the chat this week with the power rankings like it's going to I think I I don't know if to be impressed or to be angry if you go on a big playoff run because it's just gonna like really just grind me. I don't know what I'll do about it. I think the thing that would grind me the most if somehow, some way, Chris sneaks into the playoffs and wins it all. That'd be I think that would be actually one of the most amazing things. <laughs> I was actually gonna bring that up because like after talking about your team, the team that I'm honestly the most interested in is Chris's because I think like there's a universe where Chris wins this week where both Steve and Danny lose this week. And then there's a three-way tie at the bottom there at with five and eight teams. And, and Chris has a pretty decent amount of points scored. Like he's got more points scored than Danny there. And he's not super far behind Steve either. There's, there is a universe where Chris sneaks into the playoffs, and I am kind of here for it. I kind of love that idea. <laughs> the Asian, Asian of Chaos would strike again. <laughs> the most chaotic thing the Asian of Chaos can do is now win the championship, and I'm kind of on board with it. I'd be, if, yeah, I'd definitely be okay with that. That would uh, put quite the bow on the season. It would, it, like, it would set a curious precedent of, like, you know, winning the league after literally just blowing up your team, just getting rid of pretty much everyone. And, like, I think that would be a... It just feels like come clear contenders. There's still a lot of feistiness out there. And it's, it's actually... I think this has been, like, the most fun fantasy year I can think of in, like, the past, like, few years, to my yeah, mind. Yeah, There's a ton of movement still between, like... I don't even know. I think, like, the top three spots are pretty safe. But after that, it's uh, kind of up for grabs, right? Yeah. Or I guess top four. Who who would you say is in that top four then? I'm curious. That's, I'd say actually top the top three. So the top three and then John's team's kind of fallen off. So Yeah, and he'll be a worry this week too, especially if uh you know Daryl Henderson isn't a go because it's looking kinda dicey on that front. Yeah, yeah. And those receiving options haven't uh when they pop they pop and when they don't uh they're a little sus. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, is there any other team that you kind of have interest in seeing this week? Like, because I know, like, 
you're you're obviously kind of scoreboard watching now. You're up against Danny this week, and he's got a bun a couple of uh, Cowboys in his lineup. You know what? What are your who are you paying attention to this week, and who are you looking forward to seeing this week? I didn't even know. Did Zeke start today, or is he uh, out? He's he's in the lineup. Yeah, I definitely saw him running. Is Pollard is Pollard on the, the starting squad for you, or what? I am starting Pollard because the past couple weeks. Uh, with with Zeke kind of being banged up, he has kind of seen like a near like you know like close to fifty yeah. fifty share of the touches and the run carries and stuff. And yeah. I I personally saw this as more of a positive game script for the Cowboys, so I thought they'd get a lot more running in. So we'll see kind of how that plays out. And plus, like Pollard has been like a pretty serviceable RB two like flex option the past few weeks. He was kind of helped by doing the return touchdown last week. Mm. But, uh, he's been pretty solid. Like he's been averaging like you know nine ten points a game, and uh, I can yeah. live with that at this point. Yeah, I guess the uh, the game that I'll be really watching will because huge impact for me will be that Rams-Jacksonville game. So I'm hoping for a big blowout there. But, uh, and I guess... Hey, uh, I've never heard anyone be excited to listen to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know. Watch the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just hoping for a lot of firepower from one end of the field. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping for an early lead all behind Sony Michelle rushing touchdowns as he sits on my bench. And then they, they bench uh, Stafford and they bench Cup and they just let the, nice. the backups run. That's what I'm looking for this week. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think Dan has a pretty strong pretty strong opportunity to beat me this week with uh, all his bye weeks completed now and uh, Mahomes and Hill being back now and CeeDee Lamb healthy. Yeah, I'm really I'm actually very curious to see how that KC Denver game goes because it it feels like it's in the script for it to be a KC blowout, kind of coming off the bye, yeah, yeah. and it was kind of banged up, and there's actually like a legitimate battle to be like the top of the division there. I, I could see them just blowing up and blowing them out, but I can also see the opposite happening, where it, it mm. just like, you know, can be a really close-fought, tight matchup, because the Broncos' defense isn't necessarily pushovers, but they are banged up at this point. Yeah, and I absolutely hate watching Bridgewater play. He is so bad. He's and, injured, is he not this week? Uh, I, I can't recall. I saw that he was like banged up. Well, regardless, it's either his his backup uh, is not any better Drew, with Drew Locke. Yeah, Drew Locke is pretty hot garbage too. Yeah. So like I can yeah. see right now, Michael Gallup's putting up a goose egg for you right now, which has got to be disappointing because yeah. like you know uh, it's it's early, I, it's early. Fair enough. I know I know Amari is starting. I have Amari in another league, and I actually benched him because I thought that he was going to, uh, you know, like uh, some of the reports I was just seeing right before game time was that Amari Cooper never did any 11 on 11 drills and only did like seven on seven at like half speed. So I dropped him right away. And now I'm looking that uh, Steve actually has him in his starting lineup. So I'm a little bit excited about that. Yeah, I actually saw the Cooper Cup up, or sorry, the uh, Amari update, and uh, I took him out of my starting lineup on my other team, and uh, had someone else in his place as well. Just uh, didn't want to take any chances there. And I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm hoping for some, some good Pollard action here because if I can get a leg up on Steve here. Again, like, I want to create that scenario where we have that three-way tie between Danny, Steve, and Chris for that last playoff spot. Because that will just uh, make uh, next uh. week so much fun. Oh, 100%. 100%.
He's like, I want to like look ahead. Who's who's playing who even? Okay, so Danny's playing Paul. That'll be a rough one for him. Chris will be playing Tony. And then uh, who was I just saying? Steve is playing Steve. Nick. So yeah. okay, you know that looks pretty decent for Steve there. Uh, Danny definitely would have the hardest matchup there going up against Paul. He would look to be maybe the odd man out. So he's probably praying that he's able to beat you and that Zeke steals some touchdowns tonight. I have a feeling he's eyeing that top four spot, top draft uh, draft spot, you know? <laughs> I don't know if he... I mean, maybe after the, he loses, maybe. But, I mean, Danny clearly stood pat during the trade deadline. I don't think he had any intention of, uh, of this, you know, tanking uh, for the year here. Yeah. He was in a Ooh. weird spot where, where he had a lot of good players, but he also... Uh, they, they weren't performing at uh, times that he needed them. Which is honestly how I felt about my team for most of this year. Like, I feel like I, I, I think about my team and all the guys I have, and I, it never has felt like any of the players that I picked have really totally hit their potential. And somehow I'm still nine and three. Um, so I don't know how that's gone or how that's worked, but I, I, I feel Danny's pain on that front. You're getting, you're getting a nice little rebound there for Diggs, catching a little life. And, uh, Hawkinson scoring touchdowns. Oh God, I didn't think TJ Hawkinson was going to score another touchdown the rest of the year. I thought that that was like amazing when I saw that. I didn't know Jared Goff could throw the ball further than twenty yards. Oh, Jose, <laughs> is that your boy? That's Cooper. Oh, that's Cooper. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think Gallup was even on the field there. Or no, he was. He was the third receiver there. Damn, they they rope a doped us with Cooper. I know, I know. This is bullshit. I have, I'm in. Well, you know what? I'm in first place in my other fantasy league, so I'm not too worried about. It. I got like a two game cushion there. Yeah, I got. Uh, I'm in second there. I've been dealing with some injuries. I was. Uh, I had CMC in that one, so uh, I was lucky enough to get Mitchell though as well. So I've got got a little bit of coverage in that league and Chuba Hubbard. So hopefully Chuba does his thing. Yeah, fair enough. Actually, Chubba Hubbard is actually, that's a, a good segue here, because I wanted to talk about some of the players that are going to maybe step into some more prominent roles this week, because, you know, we had a lot of injuries over the past couple weeks, some some guys kind of getting picked up on waivers that might have some relevance. So I, I picked out four folks that were kind of available on waivers or are kind of going to step into roles this week. I've got uh, J- uh, Jamal Williams out in Detroit. I've got Matt Breda out in Buffalo. I've got Boston Scott in Philadelphia. And actually, rather than Shuba Hubbard, I've got Amir Abdullah in Carolina. If if you had your pick of those four for like the rest of the season, what would be your choice out of those four players? I mean, if Swift's gone for the rest of the year, I think it has to be Williams. But I think he's going to be coming back, right? Um, it's just after Williams and Swift, there isn't much there, right? Yeah, but it it does it hasn't really seemed to be much of an indication that Swift is going to be out for a long time. It feels like uh, his is more of a short-term injury. Yeah, Abdullah. Yeah, I don't know. He's I'm still surprised that he's even there. Uh, Matt Breida is a bit of an interesting option because he can run and he can catch, but they still have uh, Singletary there as well. So can I tell you why I'm a little bit interested in Amir Abdullah is because he's got a lot more patch-catching upside than than Hubbard. And I get the sense that 
Carolina is probably going to be in a lot more negative game scripts moving forward. So I can see the pass catching being relevant. Uh, So I, I, I can't remember if I picked him up in this league or not, but, uh, Ooh, just gotta say that was touchdown. that was a hell of a, of a grab oh, by Gallup. That's your boy. <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful catch. Holy shit! Is yeah. he just keeping down? the toes in? Holy yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Kept both toes in. That's a beauty. Oh, shout out to Danny. I mean, if you lose this week because of that, I mean that's a, that's a beauty throw. You deserve it. Yeah. I mean, was I the the only downside of Tony Pollard is that. Uh, Dallas doesn't seem to trust him in the red zone. They always bring Zeke in for those short yardage games, which, like, I get. I get it. He's he's the bruiser. He's obviously the more talented back. Although, I don't even, I, I don't know if he's more obviously more. But definitely, you know, think, he's, he's there. I think Pollard's showing that he can be just as effective in that run game uh, for Dallas with the squad that they have around him. It's just he's obviously not going to get the same opportunities that Zeke is, right? Yeah, exactly. Which, like, to me just goes to show, like, again, this isn't, like, a fantasy thing. But it's, like, I don't understand why NFL teams pay running backs a lot. uh, Because it just seems like there are so many viable options to fill in there. It seems kind of silly to me. It's, like, the same thing as... uh... I was kind of surprised by the Green Bay Packers paying Aaron Jones and then A.J. Dillon the last like maybe five or so weeks has been like outperforming him even when Jones has been there and healthy right so yeah I, I thought I didn't I was surprised that they brought Jones back I thought A.J. Dillon was going to take over that backfield it almost kind of reminds me of like you know like how in baseball like 20 years ago if you were like a first baseman who couldn't do shit in the field but could still smash 40 home runs, you would still get paid a fuck ton of money, despite the fact that there were just as many like out of shape dudes who could just bash like 35 home runs right behind you and not really need to worry. It, it feels like there's that bubble that exists right now with running backs. And I'm curious if yeah. teams are just going to start like eschewing paying any running backs and just pushing them aside. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's going to be a little bit of a shift. It's going to be interesting to see. Even Minnesota, like I don't know, maybe if I if I were them trying to trying to move that uh, Cook and uh, get Madison in the starting lineup there, like Madison shows that he can be quite effective as well, and uh, you know he's going to be at a lower cap number than uh, Cook there. Yeah, it'd be an interesting call to be as a GM. One to just think, like, what could you get for Dalvin Cook? Because, like, trades in the NFL I find so weird. Like, I have no idea how anything is valued in the NFL. Yeah, you never you never see a player-for-a-player player trade. It's always a player for picks, and then it's, like, a third-round pick for what you'd probably be, like, a WR1 or something. Some, and I, I just don't understand it. You never get, like, like a hockey trade, you know, like, player-for-player. Yeah, or even necessarily player for, like, high draft pick. Like, you never see... I feel like a player is never traded for, like, a first-round pick, unless it's, like, a quarterback of some sort, basically. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Which is weird, because, again, like, so many teams, like, whiff badly on their first-round picks. It seems like, you know, if you can get rid of a player and try and pick one up, it seems like it makes sense. But I don't know. That's, that's, That's my view on that. Especially one team in particular, the Jets. I wish Victor still listened to this. I hope he still listens to this. 
They have been whiffing, but you know what? With the Seahawks eating shit, I mean, we saw those stats. I think I posted it in one of the group chats the other day that, like, we have, you know, this, the Jets have the fourth and fifth overall pick. So it'll be fun to see how they fuck that up next year. That'll be really fun. Oh, 100%. 100%. They're going to figure it out, though. They're going to somehow mess it up. Shout out to Victor and shout out to the Jest. I do love me, the Jest. <laughs> Uh, so you know what, Andre, we're getting to the point in the podcast, we're going to start wrapping it up, and we like to finish with parting shots, uh, a chance for you to talk some shit. Now now that you've got a touchdown on the board, and you're up against Danny, is there any shit that you want to talk to Danny, or any shit that you want to talk to any other managers in the league? The uh, the floor is yours. I got I got one parting shot. Kimbert's got to learn how to trade. <laughs> Ooh, Okay, lay it out, because I think, I think we were on the podcast, and I think he said the same thing about you, or about Mikey, maybe, but lay it out for us. Put Kimbert on blast. <laughs> I think Kimbert's got to realize how to value players, and, uh, you know, just saying, going to put it out there, you know, Prescott and Derek Carr are not the same player, according to Kimbert. <laughs> I mean, wait, hold on, what do you mean by that? So I tried to make a trade earlier in the year when uh, Wilson was injured and I was going to give him Prescott and I was like, give me Derek Carr and whichever player I was looking for. And he's like, why would I give you Derek Carr? Derek Carr is better, uh, better than Prescott. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a look. <laughs> I, I will say the, the thing that is maybe a benefit but also maybe a hindrance for his valuation of players is that when when I get a sense of how Kimbert values players it's based on like what they have already produced and not necessarily yeah. what they will produce in the future 100% suppose, 100% which which has you know uh, to some ends like some pretty serious downsides there but also at the same mm. time it hasn't necessarily hurt him too bad this year like uh i i don't think Anyone loves Melvin Gordon more than Kimbert does. I don't think, like, I think everyone in our league probably values him way lower than Kimbert does, and yet he's still been pretty good for Kimbert, so maybe there's something yeah. to that. I just feel like it's the team that he drafted, right? And that's that's what he's uh, had from beginning to end. He's sticking with it. He's riding it to the end. I will say, I am pretty butthurt. I, I tried pretty hard as the year went on to... Uh, work out some sort of framework with a uh, Kamara for Eckler deal and just trying to work around that. And I am, I am pretty butthurt that that never worked out because uh, I, I would have loved to have had Eckler this time of year, but uh, Kimber, oh, yeah. you're on blast. You've been told that your trades are shit and uh, we look forward to uh, doing business with you next year. Yeah, there we go. So we'll, we'll bring the podcast to the end on that. My God, Andre, you were you were my white whale. I felt like Captain Ahab out here just for years, just hunting and trying to find you. And we finally got you on the pod. And God, it feels so good. It feels good to have, you know, the only one left is Tony now. So we got to get Tony on the pod. We got to start like, I know I, I know what block he lives on. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, hit up Andrew Castrucci to start uh, throwing snowballs at his house that, that and just spell out to, to say, like, go on the podcast. But, uh, man, thanks for coming on. It's great to finally have you on here and get to chat some fantasy football with you. Good to be on. Maybe I'll be back in two years or so. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe you'll be back in a couple weeks as part of the playoff extravaganza. Yeah, yeah. Depending how, uh, if I sneak in or not, we'll see what happens. Exactly. Well, we're going to 
look ahead next week. We're going to be looking back on this week's action in week 13. And then we'll be chatting also, looking ahead at week 14, the final week of our regular season. But until that time, keep crying.